Hey, and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. I am Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for being here. This episode is brought to you by Baseball Cloud. Baseball Cloud's revolutionary software platform brings to life the numbers captured by TrackMan and FlightScope. This provides colleges, players, and facility owners around the world a turnkey product, allowing them to analyze their data using key metrics and custom visualizations on one intuitive user interface. Go to BaseballCloud.com to find out how you can have your own data analytics department for your program. Data has a story to tell, and Baseball Cloud gives it a voice. This week, we've got two bonus episodes that I got from the Oklahoma Baseball Coaches Association Clinic, and I've broken them up into a college episode and a high school episode, and we will still have our regular episode on Thursday, and that will be Enid High School head coach, Brad Gore. For bonus episode two, we've got several outstanding Oklahoma high school baseball coaches from varying levels across the state. We'll start with Union head coach Sean Newkirk, who is also my head coach, 2018 state champion, and was recently inducted into the Oklahoma Baseball Coaches Association Hall of Fame. Then we will go to Visai head coach Chris Webb, Heritage Hall head coach Breck Draper, Edmund Memorial head coach Luke Yost, and the closer will be Santa Fe head coach Ryan Phillips. But to start, here is Sean Newkirk on his Hall of Fame reflection, what his four pillars are at Union, and what being a mule means. Coach Newkirk, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you having me. Definitely. And so one thing that I want to reiterate to our listeners is just how awesome it is to get to work with you every day. And so we've got some really good questions for you today, but I just want you to know that what you talk about on a daily basis to our kids, you also live out with your own life. So you keep talking about being on time. You're the first guy here. Well, second guy here besides me because I've got a shorter drive. And then you're the last guy to leave. You're always doing things right. Like there, I've never noticed a time in your entire career where I've been like, uh, eh, Coach Newkirk didn't do the right thing in that situation. And so those are your true rules. And we'll probably go over those here in a minute. But I just want to want to talk about that a little bit because – you're really modeling what you want your kids to do and our players to do. And so I just wanted to say thank you for that. And, and also a congratulations as well to, uh, to your hall of fame, uh, induction a few, I guess, two weeks ago now. Right. And so that's, uh, that was really an honor to be able to attend that. But, but anyways, long story short, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate all that. So you're looking back and you started your union career in 1993? 96. 96. Okay, 96. And so uh, would you have ever dreamed that it would have turned out like this? No, no, not at all. It was, um, you know, I was driving back and forth for three years before I got this job. My mm-hmm. wife lived here and I drove to Oklahoma City and back um, on the weekends and uh, finally you know, get hired on here through um, Benny Dixon and, and Mark Garner, the head baseball coach at the time. And and my wife and I, for the, up until last year, were the last two cu- married couples in the same building. Hmm. But, um, yeah, it's just been a, an outstanding, wonderful journey. I learned, you know, a little bit from Mark Garner from 96 to 99 and then Bill Springman taught me so much. I'm so thankful for Bill, uh, Bill Springman and the things that he taught me. And, and uh, you know, it really obviously also started way back when I was um, young, mm-hmm. uh, being around my dad who'd been in the big league organization and, and uh, pitching coach with the Liverpool BJs and, 
And uh, he, he, you know, he was very strong on the being on time, doing things right thing. And then, you know, it's just reinstated again with Coach Springman. And, and he had taught me so much about that. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where you, where I was fortunate enough to keep my mouth closed and my eyes and my ears open and pay attention to detail. So definitely. And one thing that I do love about you is, is that I'm able to approach you with a lot of different ideas and you've got, you know, a couple hundred wins, you've got three state titles, but you're always willing to listen. And so for an, as an assistant coach, that just means the world to me that a guy being in your position will take in some different ideas that I have and from, from everyone on our staff really, and, and try and mold it in a way that really fits what you're trying to do every day. And, and so again, being an assistant coach, that's awesome to be able to work for a guy that does that. Well, thanks. And, and, you know, that's just not to put a feather in my hat, but you know, the good Lord reaching down and saying, you need to hire this guy. And so the staff that we have, um, and one of my big things as far as, you know, the coaches that we do hire here at union is that, we want you to step in immediately and start working. Mm-hmm. Give us your ideas. Let us listen to your ideas. Listen to our ideas, what we have. And so that, you know, we're working together because it's all about all of us working together. It's not, you know, yes, my name's the head, you know, I have the head coach name on there, but, and everything falls back to me, but everything that you guys have, you know, instilled and helped out with is just, I mean, that's what's fun about the whole game of baseball that we take things from one another so we're all really good thieves of information exactly right and so let's flash back to your first year head coach head coach self and you took over at semester right is that is that about right okay you took over at semester i'm sure it was somewhat of a surprise that you know because you go into the school year for the most part most coaches do as uh, the head coach i've got an entire fall to try and devise a plan of how i want the spring to look and you take over in December or January. I mean, if you could go back and tell yourself something or you could really try and tell yourself, to, this is how I'm going to be prepared for this situation, you know, what would you go back and tell yourself? Oh, <laughs> that, was, that was quite a few moons ago. Um, you know, the one thing that I did I thought was, was going to work for us best for that point, you know, in that point of time is that, we keep going with what Coach Springman had instilled, which was very good. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, very good. But, I mean, we just got off a 2005 state championship, and, and uh, he turned the program around. We'd been to the, the state tournament several years prior to that. And I thought, you know, they, at this point of the season, being in January, I really didn't see the reason for me to try to change much of what we had going on. Now, mm-hmm. am I going to make the same decisions that Bill Springman would? No. And I don't think Bill Springman would want me to do that. Sure. And so I, you know, we were, we were fortunate again to win it in 2006. Um, but I just felt like the way the boat was rolling, just keep rolling it the same way for that year. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, we did change a few things, you know, the next year, you know, obviously with me being, different than bill springman but for the most part we've just we've just kept going with the way that we've been going um now after you know each year is a new year mm-hmm. and so you've got to prepare differently i think in a, in certain aspects because of the the character and the the team that you actually have in hand it's not like 
a college where you can go out and recruit whoever you want to recruit and try to get those kind of players in. So, right. Oh, definitely. And so something that, that I've really been immersed in because I, I don't know if a lot of people know this outside of Union, but we've got an unofficial mascot called the Mule. And you said that, that Bill brought that to the program. And, and just tell us a little bit about that. And that's one thing that you've kept over the years, and it's almost – and you're going to talk about this too. It's it's a fraternity, and the guys absolutely love it. Like, it's it's something that's ugly. It's something that – I mean, it's it's not a sexy term at all, but the guys are just completely bought in because it's – you came here. You you fought through this. You're a mule now. And uh, just tell us about how that got started and, you know, how you've kept growing that over the years. Well, like you said, it, it was – it did come from Bill, and, and uh, Bill actually – called one of his uh, former coaches that he uh, had worked with mm-hmm. and talked to him about, you know, developing something like this. And, and uh, it was, you know, to try to get the, the, the mule, you know, is, is it's a workhorse. Mm-hmm. Um, the farmer puts the reins on him and it's, you know, the, the mule knows right then that when the farmer says, let's go, it's time to go. And right. we're going to work. We're not going to worry about, how we look, but we're going to go out and we're going to give our best effort each and every day, whether it's the practice field, the, the game field, the scrimmage field, whatever it is, we're going to go out and work. And when it when the farmer says time to put the reins up, then we know we're done for the day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and what goes along with that is that we also talk about, you know, we're going to have problems during the day. But when we walk into the indoor, we leave our problems at the door uh, because we've got another task at hand and that's you know number one being a great teammate working together and then uh, at the end of the practice you know we're going to go back out the door and we're going to have that problem to face mm-hmm. it's easy to talk about especially at an older age uh, but we you know we have to remind our kids each and every day you're going to have that problem leave it here go get yourself ready Give us your best effort that day, and come back and and go to work and and uh, give us your best effort. And when the day is done, you know you can look yourself in the mirror and say, "Hey, I gave my best effort every day." And and that's that's all you can ask out of these young men. Oh, definitely, and it doesn't. It takes some a, a different kind of talent to do that, and you don't have to be a five tool guy to be able to be a mule to be able to work hard. And and that's something that that I've always loved since I've been here. And you know, we were mentioning earlier that you've been here for a little while, and our softball coach, which we share a facility, he's been here. He's got 800 wins, and you two are the epitome of lifelong learners, in my opinion, because you uh, kids are different, right? In the age of baseball that we're in, it's progressed so much. I mean, a lot of it has stayed the same, but a lot of the ways that we're teaching it are a little bit different than when you guys started. And so, you know, I just want to know, how have you been able to continue on that journey and uh, just continue to learn every single year and just continue to get better? Well, I think it's just the fact that I'm never satisfied with where I'm at. Um, I don't want to be satisfied. The The game of baseball, you know, to me, once you feel like you've, you've learned it all, that's when it's time to hang it up. Mm-hmm. And so because there's that passion, I guess, if you will, that I have for the game, uh, being around it for so long. I mean, I grew up pretty much from, you know, the time I could start walking um, in a baseball field. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm still here today. And 
uh, obviously thankful to the good Lord, but just that every year it's a new year. It's a new journey. It's you're going to have new things to face, new things to overcome and understanding that the players that walk through that door, the players that you have, you, yeah. you don't get a chance to go out. So it's easy to, to quit. It's easy to the excuse. Well, this is what I've got, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to going in there and saying, we're going to find a way with this, with this group, one to join them together, make them better young men, teach them the game of baseball and the wins and losses will take care of themselves. For so. sure, for sure, and I think the the group that graduated last year really epitomized that. Like you're you're this is what we've got. So you and halfway through the year, uh, you guys, I, I think was you were pretty close to five hundred record. Is, is that is that about right? That's about right. Yes. And then they just they got hot at the right time. They jailed at the right time. And then just talk to us about kind of how that went all about and how special that group was to you. That group was probably the most connected with one another that that I'd ever been around and how I knew that was how much talk they would have right before practice or even after practice about the game of Fortnite. (laughs) Um, (laughs) A lot of things that I would much rather talk about but that that's what kept those guys together okay and they knew that because of their the care that they had for one another, um, the loyalty they had for one another, that that they would go in there and they would give their best effort. And they knew during the game that they were going to give their effort. And they knew the guy right behind them in the lineup or out there on the field right next to them, they knew that they were going to work for one another. Mm-hmm. And so um, about halfway through, we, we kind of figured, we sat down as a coaching staff and said, Let's make a few changes in the lineup. See, see if that'll help us. The kids accepted it. The kids understood it, and they went to work for one another. Not for the coaches' staff. They went to work for one another, mm-hmm. and they played every game for one another. Um, no one ever uh, put the blame on somebody else. They always felt like it was it was a team thing. If there was a loss in that, that night, and uh, just quite an inspirational thing. I mean, a kid that that went to the plate and won the game for us that night struggled all year long. And he could have tightened up. He could have faltered. But I went to him right before he's at bat, and I said, just go have fun right here. Whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. Squares the ball up and wins the game for us. Oh, that's fantastic. And I had that group as freshman coach here, and I will always remember the starting pitchers, Carson Boudreaux, and he was on the JV2 team as a sophomore, which is not the team that you really want to be on, but continued to epitomize what a mule is, worked hard every single day, and, and got the got the start in the state championship game that they ended up winning. So uh, that's just that's just so special to me. And I'm, I'm sure you've had a few of those moments, but that's that really is really cool. Well, especially with Karsten, because when you say came to work every day, he was here mm-hmm. seven days a week, uh, put the time in. But the thing with him is – is if everybody everybody that saw that game noticed that that kid was not throwing hard, mm-hmm. he was not above. I would have been surprised if he ever got above eighty on the mound. Yeah, right. And but yet he was out there and he battled and he battled. He competed. He believed in what Coach Rob, uh, Coach Brent Robinson, our pitching coach, mm-hmm. had taught him all year long. 
And he wound up in the championship game in Florida, won that game. He wound up in the semifinal game in, uh, in our regional, won that game. And he winds up in the finals of a state tournament and goes out and competed. Mm-hmm. And he knew when he left the field, because I went over to him in the dugout, gave him a huge hug, and he, and he had tears in his eyes because yeah. he knew he left it out on the field. And yet he was still behind two runs. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I felt for that young man, just can't say enough for the, you know, the effort he put in all year. And it, it got to show in the end how hard he worked. So absolutely. And those are the moments we live for and just being able to see them with the fruits of their labor and, you know, winning a state championship, obviously cherry on the top, but seeing that I'm sure just makes, makes the year for sure. But uh, if, if there's anything else that you'd like to, to talk about or just tell our listeners before you go well as far as me being a person i feel like i'm easy, easily approachable i have two friends outside of the game of baseball here in, in tulsa and outside uh my family mm-hmm. uh, with my brothers and sisters and their husbands and wives and and, uh, and the rest of the the friends that i have are coaches just love the game of baseball uh love to keep learning love you know, I've, I've run across a couple of big league coaches that uh, are still in the game, and and they've been very helpful to me. Josh Holliday with OSU, mm-hmm. Coach Fulmer at uh, ORU, Clay Overcast is an assistant at, at OU. Very, very helpful, very humble men that that I can't thank enough for um, what they've done for me and, and just know that. I'm going to be out there as, as long as Union will put up with me and, and uh, just give them the best that I can each and every day. Here is Chris Webb on promoting higher-level thinkers on the field and what his big five are. Coach Webb, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Definitely, definitely. So we were, we've been texting back and forth about you know what we wanted to talk about. We've got about 15 minutes, so we want to get as much in as we can. I like your shoes, by the way. Those Thanks, Slow Dead Guy. <laughs> but you mentioned that you wanted to talk about how to teach players to be higher-level thinkers. And, man, you you hit me home, hit right home with me for that one. So tell us about how you're going about teaching that and coaching that and, and making your players think more and better. So it's an idea we stole out of the classroom. We were going through the Common Core stuff, and they were always teaching and talking about our kids about thinking different and higher-level thinkers, higher-level thinkers. And I'm like, that's something I need to incorporate on the baseball field because where I was at at the time, we weren't that talented. But I thought we're all capable of being smart. So let's take the game and let's just make it at an elite level to where we're anticipating everything we possibly can. We're running through every scenario. We're backdooring people. We make a mistake. We're not worried about it because we're looking ahead. We're communicating pre-pitch and stuff like that. So we got to a point where we go to the classroom, we set up situations. And then eventually it was an extension of they became coaches on the field because my shortstop, my center fielder, my catcher, of course, was always talking and always being ready to go. And then it turned into... Now, this is a life lesson as well because you're going to get tough. It's going to get tough in life to sit there and bills got to get paid and things like that. And how are you going to pay those bills when maybe you don't have a job or things like that? You know, we, so we really incorporated that because I thought it was something that you have to have. And so for our listeners, tell us a little bit about BySight because, you know, it's, it's not a very large school. So you've got, how many coaches do you have? Me. So, so you're it. Yes, so sir. you've got basically from sixth grade to 12th graders. Yes, sir. I mean, I have the junior high. And the high school, we start okay. junior high at seventh, okay. middle schoolers. Um, I, I have my principal keeps my book for me, runs my first base, but he's over there in 
blue right. jeans and cowboy boots and sure. doing stuff like that. So it's me on staff, small, small school. Mm-hmm. Um, our ADM is about 90. Okay. Um, so, and we share athletes because we're a small school. So like off season programs, things like that, not really for us because mm-hmm. we preach, we want you to play. Right. Um, and so, you're a basketball coach. Well. I, I loosely. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I ask is because just to give the listeners who are listening to the podcast an idea of, of what you're working with. And so you're teaching them to be higher level thinkers. And so we've, we've established that as kind of the foundation, but practically how? Great question. Um, just in the fact that we look at every situation where we run scenarios all the time. What would you do in this situation? Mm-hmm. We'll be in a drill where we, we, we squad a ton. Mm-hmm. We have our fungo man set up and we're always inter-squatting and, and something will happen and we'll stop. Why did you do that? What was your thought process there? And it's not so much for me. It's I want you to say it so someone else can hear it. And mm-hmm. I talk about asking questions. Don't be afraid to ask a question because he probably is in if you ask it, you ask the question for him. And I, communication's huge with it. Um, things like that. And so you just ask a bunch of really good questions, basically. I mean, I don't want to say really good questions. Promote them to think. I, right. I challenge them in the thought process. And again, and don't tell me the answer you think I want to hear. Sure. I, mean, yeah, I want you to one. tell me the truth, mm-hmm. whether it's, Coach, I don't understand this. I think this is stupid. Whatever you may think. Let's talk about it and let's fix it. And let's understand that you learn different than he does. Sure. And he does. And he does. And let's make it to where we all understand on the same path because we're all on the same goal. We want to win. No, absolutely. And and so uh, we're teaching them to be higher level thinkers. So during a game, tell, walk us through that process. Um, you know, we'll sit over there and, and we'll, again, me and my catcher, I think he is, for me, the catching position is the most important position on the field. He's got to control everything. So he's always, we're always just, again, open lines of communication on, and I, when I first got there, I called every pitch, mm-hmm. and we kind of got a rapport what, what what I like to do and things like that. So I give it to him. And, again, my job is for him to learn. Mm-hmm. And when we might get beat because he called a 3-2 curveball when we should have busted the guy in, right. and that's okay because I want to know why. Mm-hmm. you know. And so we're always – we just do crazy stuff like that. We're on the verge of maybe being insane. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but again, it, it, it's theirs. It's not yeah. necessarily mine. And cool. when, they, when, when we win, it's them, and when we lose, of course, it's me. Definitely. Um, and so uh, Oklahoma is unique in that we actually have a fall baseball season for uh, schools that don't have enough kids to play football. And so you guys get basically all fall and then you go to basketball mm-hmm. and then all spring. And so I just I wanted to, to make sure our listeners know about that. But how, how has that been a benefit for you guys? So we just play a ton of baseball. And I think it's something that's extremely unique to Oklahoma, of course. We're the only ones that have it. But so my guys, we come in and we start right around August 1. And our first games are August, you know, 12th, 14th in that mid-range. And we're playing games against other schools. There's a state tournament. Um, it's sanctioned by our association. And it, it's really neat because I feel like the fall ball schools, they're baseball schools. So yeah, when you're absolutely. playing each other in the fall, you're playing against some dudes that are have the same goals in mind and they're competing against you. And we play all year long mostly because you go fall, break, spring, and you got your summer ball. And that's what makes the fall really good too, because you're just coming off the summer. Right. Your summer's probably been really good. You're facing elite competition, and you go back in the fall, and kind of it kind of slows down a little bit, and you're like, "Oh, this is easy. Right. Let's go hit, baby!" And the weather's beautiful. It's much yeah, better, it's, right. better weather in the fall than it is in the spring. Definitely. And you know, coming from a <clears throat> large two A school, yeah, myself. Big so yeah, so I uh, I I played summer ball with with some small school guys, and I was like, these guys they graduate with like nine people. Great baseball players yep. because they do it all year long and they're running trick plays and yeah, I mean they're they're doing all kinds of stuff and 
And so we we uh, we I actually got to play with uh, Ed Simon's group mm-hmm. at Roth, and I think they had you know four four draft picks or four yep, guys that played absolutely. pro ball in, in one class. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's it's not a it's not a slide at you guys, but it's just man, they're really just good. They think a lot. Yep. They think a lot about baseball because they're not physically overpowering, but man, they're just good baseball. True, players. but they play it all the time. You, sure. I mean, they're playing more baseball than mm-hmm. anybody else because of all that. We played and they're we together. Went, a lot. Twenty, I think what twenty three and nine this fall. Mm-hmm. I mean, the regional tournament. Um, I mean, that's thirty extra games, roughly, that you played. No, oh, that's awesome. Well, another thing that you wanted to talk about was was your big five, and and so walk us through that, and and how do you teach it, and basically how can I steal it? Fair enough. Well, I stole it. I mean, everything we talked about. We had this talk with one of my coaches at school, our softball mm-hmm. coach, and it was like, I got to do this podcast. I want to be innovative. I want to say something really cool. Maybe. Sure, yeah, yeah. And it's like, but there's really not. You just take we're other the people's best, ideas. And, we're the best thieves. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I stole this from Mike McDonald, who won a World Series at Wichita State. He's mm-hmm. from Visai. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, there's five things you can bring to the ballpark every single day. They don't take anything other than this. You can always play defense. Okay. Make a routine play. Um, you can hustle, compete. Um, you can be a good teammate. All the time, um, you throw strikes mm-hmm. as a pitcher. Because when you're at home plate and you're facing the guy, sometimes that guy's better than you. Yeah. And you can't really rely on what you're going to do at home plate. But when you're on the mound, you're doing your job and play good, look good. So you know that's ones look good. Okay, so. so so let's break those down uh, one at a time and just tell us, you know, how do you how do you communicate that to the players or how do you teach it? I guess in practice in a practice setting. So when we go through all of our stuff, we do a, we get in, we do PFP every day, we do in and out, we do those kind of stuff. Then we break down to defensive drills. All the time, we emphasize that if you want to win, you've got to play catch. Um, and I've lost way more games on the inability not to play oh, catch than definitely. the ability to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we work on defense every single day. We, we stress it. You know, we, we don't want to make any errors. We want to do all that kind of stuff. And, but we know we're going to. But that's not the point. We don't want to practice those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys have a ton of people playing different positions. Oh, absolutely. You know, my best pitcher is also my best shortstop and my best right fielder. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So. And that's fun too because when I bring in my shortstop to pitch, then my third baseman's got to go play first. My first baseman's got to go play third. And my catcher goes to the shortstop, and then I bring a guy off the bench. And, yeah. and um, so everybody's like the National League. Ready. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> they talk about you, Joe Madden, doing these double moves and stuff like that. I've been doing that forever. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, so play defense is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, being a good teammate is something we strive upon because you can't always when we play this game. And Augie Grito said it best, it's a game of opportunity. But we talk about it as a game of failure. Sure. So you're always failing, and it's hard for you to always be in the moment, but it's very easy to pick somebody up. When right. I say, hey, good job, you're okay. You know, that means a lot, especially from a team leader, everybody that looks up to, because he's going to be in tight situations, and he knows that if someone tells me a compliment, I can repeat one. Mm-hmm. So being a good teammate is also very important. Um, hustle, we talk about competing and, and having a big heart and – we do a bunch of competitive drills and we'll push each other and, you know, almost in the version, hey, we gotta, we're got we going too hard here. Yeah. You know, got a bunch of Western Oklahoma boys and uh, they think they're tough. So, <laughs> um, so competing is huge. Um, throwing strikes, again, back to the ability to play catch is something we work on in practice. We, we play a game in 11 every day. So we're trying to hit a guy in the head and chest after we're done um, just to work on keeping my front side closed and driving through a guy because throwing strikes for us is extremely important because – we don't have a guy that's 98. You know, we got to move guys around. And I got a guy throwing 72. And that, that's hard that day. And so throwing strikes, putting, hit, going where you want to go, forcing contact, things like that. And look good. I mean, it, I think it's important. It, it's it's all about confidence. And if 
if your uniforms fly, if you think you look good, it's, it's going to be good. <laughs> that might be my favorite one of the yeah, whole thing. It's important. I mean, it really is. Think about it. You got up this morning, got your hair fixed, put all these nice clothes, and you're like, I look good today. Let's go to this pocket. Absolutely. Absolutely. Got this glorious beard. I don't mess around. Man, no, you do. Good. You do have an A-plus beard. For sure. Well, Chris, I appreciate your time. And uh, anything else that you'd like to tell our listeners before you go? I mean, this. I think your podcast is awesome. Keep oh, on working, you. man. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. God bless. Here's Breck Draper on what he does for his pre- and post-season meetings and how he gives a baseball test. Breck Draper, welcome. Good to be here, John. Definitely, definitely. So you are actually a veteran of the podcast, which I appreciate. And so you were way back uh, almost a year ago, which seems like forever ago. But today, I, I really I wanted to sit you down and talk with you for about 15 minutes. And uh, we've come up with two really good topics, and they're very unique topics as well. And so let's just start off with your pre- and post-season meetings because that's that's kind of what we're getting into right now. We're, we're getting into the preseason. We're about to start our season. And so talk, walk us through what you guys do as far as communication with the kids and what you guys do for preseason meetings. Sure. Um, what we'll do is uh, here in about a week, um, we'll bring our guys in uh, before the meeting. What, what we'll usually do is we'll spend a Saturday. So we'll take a Saturday and and we kind of know it's going to be an all-day deal. We've tried to do that during the week, and you eat up an entire two days of practice um, time uh, meeting with these kids individually right. uh, to talk to them on a more personal basis with the entire staff. So mm-hmm. we've turned it into a Saturday kind of deal where we start them in the morning, and we give them about a 20-minute block between each one, and we just knock everybody out all day, um, make a day out of it. But that week before, we'll bring them in, and, and we'll have those kids – First off, vote on their captains, um, and we'll select their our captains for our team. That they're they're going to have their vote, and then our coaches will make a vote as well. Um, coaches' vote usually weighs a little heavier. Um, some kids vote for kids for for guys that maybe not necessarily be the best captain, this right. the best player. Right? And, uh, yeah, exactly. So we we want to have those guys in those places that not only what their what their teammates feel uh, that they're the leaders, but also what we see as as leaders from them and how we can work with those. We, then we go ahead and meet with those captains throughout the year, mm-hmm. try to meet with them at least once a week um, and say, hey, this is some areas we need to work on uh, at practice. Maybe this effort, on, whenever we're doing some, some base running drills, we're not getting the effort we get when we're, when we're hitting live or, or mm-hmm. doing live situations. So uh, we just stay connected with those captains. And then our captains are also responsible a lot for um, the effort in practice. And so – what we've started to do last year was if we had any issues with maybe our attention span or communication level or or effort at practice, we'll stop and our captains will take off and, and do the conditioning. Um, those five those five guys that were selected by their teammates that are their leaders, mm-hmm. the rest of the team's kind of watching them take the heat uh, for their team and then. After that happens, usually once, uh, you really they really start policing it and understand right. how important it is to make sure that they're leading out on the field and making sure they're holding each other accountable. So right. I wouldn't want to do that again. No, uh, it usually doesn't. It's usually not pretty the first time, but uh, <laughs> no, but it's it, it helps that. But after we select captains, we go to our meetings, and what we ask our kids to do is we want them to to write down at least five goals, and they usually have them type it and they print it off and bring it in. But they're going to bring in five goals uh, personally that they want to accomplish for the rest at the end of the, by the end of the school year. 
maybe they want to have a, a certain grade point average, or maybe they want to create a certain amount of time a week to to work on certain things in their life. And, uh, you know, it can be anything personally. And then we'll have five goals, at least five, um, goals for them as an individual player. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's, uh, I want to, I want to have a certain batting average. I want to drive in so many runs, steal so many bases. We have them then go and write, uh, talk and elaborate on five goals for the team. And we tell them, you know, one of those goals can't be win the state championship. We don't want that to be just because everybody's going to put that as one of their goals. We want them to think a little bit. And then mm-hmm. what they'll do is they'll print that off and they'll, and they'll bring it in. And, and, and we set our guys down in front of, in front of our entire coaching staff. And I picked this up from, from Coach Schaefer and Coach Boyer, my coaches at Shawnee when I was playing. And I just remember as a freshman going in, and being so nervous to talk to these adult men and, right. and I, the guys that I was, you know, back in then, I think though I was everybody was kind of scared of their coaches at first when sure, they first yeah, got yeah. the program. So yes. it, it was a little nerve wracking in setting in front of those adults, four or five adult guys that you may be tight with, but you're reading in their goals. They're getting comfortable talking in front of you guys, uh, in front of your coaching staff, and they're explaining what goals they have. And then we help them. Sometimes a guy may have a goal set too high. Most of the time it's a goal that's set too low, and they just um, – a lot of guys just maybe aren't realistic. Uh, I want to hit 15 home runs. Well, mm-hmm. let's adjust that because you're maybe not – you know. Our best guy last year at our ballpark is, is kind of hard to hit the ball in the yard. Maybe yeah. we adjust that goal. So we talk to those guys and adjust goals that fit them that are something they need to push for, not something that's easily attainable. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys under, you know, underdo their goals and, and they want to, maybe they don't understand the role we think they're going to have and maybe they don't know they're going to be playing that often. And so their goals are different, but. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after we go over their, our goals, um, you get to kind of see a lot about the way they're presenting that to you. Maybe a kid's like, I want to do this. I want to do this. And then there's those guys that are like, I want to help the team do this. Or it, it, you can kind of understand where he's coming from, his sure. kind of mindset sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um and helps with kind of maybe some of your evaluations and, and the player. Um, maybe you didn't know that's how he felt about something. Um, maybe you didn't know that's something he was striving for. So you help them reach him, and we have them keep those goals and, and put them in their locker or keep it on their person uh, at home where they're re- revisiting them and reminding themselves every day that, hey, am I working to get to my – am I on pace to get to where I need to be? Am I ahead of schedule of my goal? And we just go from there with, with the goal side of it. And then after we get done discussing goals, like I said, we'll sit down and we'll say, "Hey, where you know where do you see yourself as far as uh, your role and 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 what's going on for this upcoming year?" And some guys may may say, "Hey, you know, I, I think I I want to I would like to I'm hoping to be a varsity starting pitcher for us uh, sure. on Mondays and Tuesdays in district play." Right. And uh, most of the time, those guys kind of know who they are. Um, sometimes you get a surprise or two. And then you can kind of talk to them about, hey, this is our view for what we think. Maybe you're going to be a guy that's in the lineup every day that's a utility player. We really don't have a, a spot exactly we have planned out for you because you're kind of a guy that floats around. You can explain those things. And you let the kid talk, too. Um, it's not just the coaches talking. You have to right. let them I love that. speak to you and um, and go about their – it's, it should be a, a meeting, not a, a lecture. Yeah. And so we want as much 
we want them talking as much as we're talking because what it does, it doesn't just give you a ton of, it's, it's going to give you a ton of information about the kid, about his expectations, about what he thinks he's going to be doing. Maybe the kid thinks he's going to be starting and you're like, Hey man, it's going to be tough for you to be right. on the field as a JV player. Yeah. Um, you can kind of squash some of those things and, and lower or raise expectations. Mm-hmm. But, it teaches them how to, when they leave here and, and go on in life, be able to walk up to uh, their boss and have that conversation with him and, and kind of what his expectations are as an employee or mm-hmm. go into an uncomfortable situation. Um, and by the time they do that four years, for the difference between a kid coming in his freshman year with his paper and he's shaking mm-hmm. and, they, and the senior that comes in that's really – knows his coaching staff and knows what they expect and mm-hmm. it's just it's cool to see uh how much they've grown up and matured in the fact that they're not scared to go talk to adults and and uh, we try to have an open door communication policy anyway so um it just helps reinforce that so sure that's our preseason meetings i think it, it really helps us and and then we try to at the end of the year yeah that's right some most years we try to do an, a postseason meeting where an exit interview, even for the seniors that are going on, and, and just to kind of uh, that last game of the year. Usually, most of the time for almost everybody, it's uh, you lost the game. Yeah. Uh, maybe you won your last regular. I don't know what that is, but it's very rare that you win your last game. So sometimes it's a it's a sour conversation to have and. Maybe you don't want to have it that day that it happened. You bring them back in a couple days later. Their mood is somewhat generally better. Your mood's probably generally better. And you guys Mm -hmm. can have a conversation about the year they had and what you appreciated about them. I love that. So I love that. That's that side of that. Well, and then you also mentioned something that that I thought was really cool. And you guys give a baseball test. Yeah. And so (laughs) I'm thinking. Man, Breck, so I got to take tests all day, and then I got to come take this test at Athletics. Yeah. Coach Draper, I know. walk me through that. Well, and and I got this, and, and all this stuff is not stuff that I made up. <clears throat> I got this stuff from my high school coaches again, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> I thought the coolest part about this was that I took this test when I was at Shawnee High School playing for Coach Schaefer and Coach Boyer uh, for four years. I took this test, and you had to make 100% you don't get a jersey until you, you qualify on the test by making 100%. Um, and I'll kind of go over some questions, but it's situations on offense, situations on defense, maybe some of our philosophies, and then our signs. And it's a, uh, it's a, you've got to answer what our signs are uh, on the test so that we know you know it, uh, yeah, kind of like um, in the classroom. So mm-hmm. um, we do, or we will. I've actually turned it into an online form test uh, through Google. Okay. I, tra- I, c- I took it over to that side of it this uh, last year. And our kids, uh, we're fortunate to be on a one-to-one program where all of our kids in our school have laptops. I'm sure there's a setting at every on every campus where you can get everybody in front of a computer. And then we have our coaches monitor because kids are very smart about opening windows. And that's the only yeah. window they're allowed to have open. That's awesome. No phones. So they can't <laughs> go back and look at their notes. And, yeah. But... I we we set that up where you know if you're if you get caught cheating on this or I mean you're doing it for all the wrong reasons and right. we'll have that conversation but we're not we don't ever have that um, right. it's also much easier to grade when it's on this deal because oh, automatically yeah. grades are yeah that's nice you Good have to idea. read the short answers so uh-huh. it saves a lot of time for you as a coach grading it but um, the test it's amazing how much. They memorize your your signs and stuff. Uh, your first and third 
coverages, your bunt right. coverages. We make them draw out actually the bunt coverages they've got a, on an actually hard piece of paper. We draw out where we're going on each bunt coverage we run. Um, and, well, it, and, and, and it keeps and I'm them thinking, Yeah, and I'm thinking. So I so this is this is how I usually do it as a coach. So I tell them, and then. I expect them to know it after one time, sure. and then I'm I'm holding them to a standard that's probably not fair for them. So this is a way that we can always insert something extra rather than okay, I'm going to tell the whole team. Maybe half of them get it and half of them don't, and then I expect them all to get it. But yeah. this is a way that you found to make sure everyone is getting sure. it. Sure, and, and it has to be everybody. Right. It's not just talking to those the varsity starters. You've got to everybody's got to know what's going on in your program. Yeah. And the coolest part about this test, like I mentioned, I, I took it for four years. And I didn't have to. I didn't call Coach Schaefer and and ask him to see a copy of the test. Yeah. I literally went off my memory. Oh, that's awesome. And almost word for word wrote these questions, <laughs> and then Very I know cool. the answers. Now I adjusted it to maybe a little bit different style of questions. Right. But right. a lot and of what it's you the guys same, are doing. What we're doing, but a lot of it's the same. Um, some examples of like the offensive questions. Um, you're giving the steel signer a green light, and you get a bad jump. What should we kind of do? And we're sure. going to have the kids answer it how they think they should answer it. Mm-hmm. And it's a general question. It's not a one word. It's not a certain church answer, church mm-hmm. Sunday school answer. It's a. It's however they feel, and if they explain it, what we want them to do, then we know they get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you miss one one question on any portion of the test, you retake that entire section. So, okay. not only do they they'll miss a question. They've got to retake that test, but they've written that answer out several times over and over again where it's engraved in mm-hmm. their head. That's what I need to do in that situation. Cool. Um, you know, uh, you know, when's it, you know, talking about what are my three jobs as an on deck hitter that we have? We have yeah. three jobs. They, they yeah. list those three jobs. Um, oh, that's great. I uh, love this. When do we advance uh, to the next base on a sacrifice bunt? And we're going to. Er- you talk about well, hey, when you see the ball on a downward plane, but if they're answering that over and over again mm-hmm. throughout the four-year period, by the time they're a senior, they're, they're going to not even have to think about it. It's, it's just in. something they always – And it's, it's been cool to see some of these situations that actually happen in games, and they're like, hey, I was on the test. I yeah. was on the test. And they'll <laughs> give awesome. each other crap. I love that. How do you not know that? It's on the uh, test. So Do you just take it once? Like, so you take it we'll once. We'll take it once as a group. Okay. And then we'll, we'll actually we'll usually do two times as a group, and the guys that have already made 100 on it yeah. can will maybe be off hitting okay. as a coach or something. Cool. But um, – Usually we have the first time we we take it. Usually the guys that have been around, there's usually probably six or seven of them that will ace it the first time, mm-hmm. and then you get about ten, fifteen more that ace it the next time. Then you yeah. got some guys that maybe struggle with it because it's new to them, but they keep writing it down, they keep answering the questions, yeah, and they just learn it so much. So. I thought it was pretty neat that I wrote the test and 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 didn't have to. And I I went I played at Shawnee, but then I went and played for like you know some different college programs and uh, independent ball level. And so I had all these series of signs, and the only signs I ever remembered were, the, were those, wow. just because they were ingrained in my head. I couldn't tell you That's what awesome. we did my last year of pro ball for signs or mm-hmm. college. I I could tell you everything we did. Yeah. And we still use that stuff. So No, that's fantastic. Well, Breck, I appreciate having you on. And uh, if someone wants to reach out to maybe get maybe not your signs on, on yeah, your yeah. test, but if they if you have a version that you mind sharing, if, if they want to get in touch, would you mind them being able to no, do that? No, not at all. Uh, Breck, or I'm sorry, Draper at heritagehall.com is my email. And uh, what I'll usually do is I won't send you the online version, but if you need help 
creating a Google form or something like that. I can kind of maybe walk you through how to do that and cool. set it up for yourself. And, and then I can give you like our general questions from when it was on paper and you can kind of make, make it your own and build it from there. So Perfect. I have no problem. I've done that in the past uh, a few years ago. I talked a little bit about this at, at OCA clinic and uh, had a lot of people email me from everywhere wanting a copy of our test and yeah, I have to cool. take our signs out of it. Oh, yeah. That, I, I forgot I to send it to a guy in Arkansas. Actually. I sent it to a guy in Arkansas. I'm not going to say who it is, but <laughs> I pretty much sent him everything with our signs and everything and the answer key. And yeah, so That's funny. Uh, but it's a, it's a good thing for our kids. They, it really helps our guys know it and then when you know things you just play the game cool uh, there's no thinking involved right. so it definitely. makes it easier translation definitely well thanks for being on thanks jonathan appreciate it let me take a few seconds to tell you guys about on base you on base university is an organization that studies how the human body moves in baseball and softball they offer certification seminars that teach coaches trainers and medical professionals how to assess an athlete's physical ability to perform movement patterns that are specific to hitting and pitching. For example, they just put up a blog post on their website, onbaseu.com, that discussed why hip internal rotation is important in hitting and how they evaluate it with their OnBaseU screen. If you want to learn more about OnBaseU, I did a podcast with the OnBaseU founder, Dr. Greg Rose, episode 78, and he talked about how he modeled the screen after golf assessments that he created for TPI. They are hosting pitching and hitting seminars in Phoenix, Newark, and Houston over the next few months. I will be attending one soon, and I hope to see you there. Here's Luke Yost on winning a state championship in his first year and what his three C's are. Luke Yost, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, man. Of course. So, well, we kind of go way back. I was a, a fan of yours over the old Elk City Elks, and you guys handed it to us a couple times in baseball, and I was like, well, I apparently have to get better. So oh, whatever, I, I, man. I, <laughs> Western Oklahoma boys stick that's, together. That's right. That's right. But I, uh, but I appreciate that. And then we played uh, same summer program, so we've always had kind of a connection, and so I really appreciate all the things that you've done for me uh, in the past and, and continue to do so. Well, so thank you. Yeah, definitely. I tried to hire you. I just couldn't get you. Uh, oh, God. Well, I appreciate you. Don't make me blush. I'm, we're on camera. <laughs> but uh, but let's talk a little bit about So, you were getting rolling with Inky Johnson. Now, Inky I, I, Johnson, And man. I said, let's, let's record because okay. I want to hear all about it. Oh, yeah. So, yesterday at practice, we I felt like our guys are – sometimes they just don't appreciate what they have, our facilities and just the type of program that we're trying to build. So, we walked into practice. I said, okay, meet me in the indoor. They thought they were going to run. They thought yeah. they were in trouble. Uh-huh. And I told them, lay down, uh, close their eyes, and put on the big speaker, Inky Johnson. And My dude. Just, man, he's awesome. And he's yeah. just the, – the message was, like, if you're not willing to give it your best, you can't complain. Right. You, can't, you can't just complain and want to change. Like, if you're committed to our team, then you're going to do what's best for us. And – we need to know that we can gain trust in you. If things aren't going good, when we get in the heat of battle, some guys flee. So mm-hmm. we need to know that you're a warrior, and when things are tough, you're not going to bail on your teammate and bail on your coaches. So our guys, man, we, we had a really good practice yesterday. That's awesome. And you, did you guys talk about it afterwards? We did. We, we followed up, and we're trying to – the culture we're trying to build right now is, okay, so – Whenever we stop having to preach that and our kids are breathing that back into our into our program, I was listening to a sports animal. I'm a huge sports junkie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brent Venables called in and he talked about 
his defensive lineman Wilkins that came back for his senior year. Right. He could have been a top 10 pick last year. Mm-hmm. He decided to come back. And he, the first day of spring practice, he told Venables, coach me like a freshman. Don't treat me any better than I am. And so coach Venables like, he coaches my younger guys. They mm-hmm. know the expectation. He's the hardest worker. And whenever your best player is your hardest worker, it makes things easy. So mm-hmm. that's part of the reason they went 14 and 0 is their culture. No, and absolutely. I love Dabo Sweeney. He's a huge Christian guy. And so Inky Johnson, Dabo Sweeney, just that, that culture stuff is kind of what we're doing in our program right now. Trying on this is my second year and we're just trying to grow. Mm-hmm. No, and I and I love Dabo because it shows the and, and don't get me wrong, I love Saban, but I'm not Nick Saban. Like that's not my personality at all. And I'm closer on the Dabo scale than the Saban scale. And so that just that you know warms my heart that good guys can still win while focusing on the things that matter to them. Because I, I again love Saban, but it that dude eats, breathes, sleeps, and does everything at the office. And Dabo's like, hey, we got to spend time with our family. We got to go to church. We got to do all of this different stuff. So I love seeing them win, and I love seeing them be successful. And and culture's huge. I mean, you you tell me this is this is second year in your program, and you've been at two different head coaching positions, and won a state championship your first year. Uh, so for me, down the line, hopefully I'll get a head coaching job. How important is that culture piece, and and how important is it? And this is year two, so it's probably getting a little bit easier. Right. But from from day one and year one. That's the biggest thing. Is that what you're? Is that what you're kind of uh, yes. saying? Yes. I mean, the, going off the state championship, I inherited a really good team. Sure. Um, I had some really good players. So mm-hmm. you set the I'll, bar high first year. I did. I'll t- I'll, <laughs> I'm not going to take much credit for that. We have a, a left-handed pitcher that's at OU, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a freshman All-American last year. So it helps to have good players. Mm-hmm. But uh, the motto that we always broke the huddle with was family. So going back to your uh, Dabo Sweeney comment, that's. That's kind of what we, we, we breathe in our in our facilities. Like no no one player is bigger in our program. Uh, you know, if you don't act right, you don't do things right in the classroom, in the community, and you don't hold the expectation of what it means to be an Edmund World Baseball player, then you're not going to play. I mean, yeah. we hold each other accountable. And uh, so just our culture, we're trying like every day, like the freshmen – play catch with the seniors. Next day, the freshmen will play catch with the sophomores. Freshmen will play catch with the juniors. So, every day they play catch with somebody new. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to develop like, hey, we're going to help each other out, number one, but we're also going to treat each other with respect. And uh, so, we also assign buddies. Okay. Uh, so, like every week they get a different buddy and they got to tell me five things that they learned about their buddy. And it can't really? be, I play PlayStation. It's got to be like your sister's name, your favorite food, just and we learn about each other, so we're we're trying to grow our team chemistry and our culture. And I feel like if we focus on what we can do better, the wins will take care of itself. I mean, we got some really good kids in a wealthy community, mm-hmm. so we go read to uh, elementary schools. My wife's an elementary teacher, so we got an in there. Uh, we go special needs kids. We went and uh, they have a special need baseball program called the Miracle League. Mm-hmm. We help with that. There's underprivileged kids that don't aren't able to afford things. Uh, so we do a thing called Shop with the Cop with our basketball team, our softball team, and uh, we wrap presents. We're like the elves. Mm-hmm. So nice. the kids go shop with the cops. They get what they want for Christmas, and we wrap, and uh, we just make a good Christmas possible. So cool. our culture and our community are big things. So we're talking about the kids that you've got, and 
maybe the worst problems they have is they went over three. And that's different than than some of the kids I have this year at Union, where uh, most of them, at least on the baseball team, aren't aren't working or like uh, aren't starving at night. But some of the kids I have in the classroom, and that gives you a real perspective on really going over three with three strikeouts. And so I'm, I'm sure you've seen the impact on them of hey, maybe this isn't the worst thing in the world. Absolutely, man. I mean, we have kids that drive Range Rovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, fifty to plus thousand dollar vehicles. Right. And it, you're kind of like, man, they drive a way nicer car than I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we want them to appreciate. We may not have the newest facilities at Memorial. We have nice facilities. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, we vacuum the locker room every single day. It's there's a standard. Mm-hmm. When we put the balls and the tees up, they're in a certain spot, and the boys know that, or there's going to be consequences. And uh, they know how particular we are about. The coaches working their tail off to mow the field and make it look because that's a reflection on us. But we want those guys to understand, like, if an administrator walks through our locker room and they see that it's clean and it's neat, that may lead to us getting new and nicer things down the road. Sure. So it's just the expectation we we hold our guys. But back to your comment, yeah, you know, sometimes going over three, they're going to go home to a million dollar house yeah. or, you know, we don't I'm not saying all our kids are rich. We have some kids that are middle class, but we want them to appreciate what they have and not be unselfish is a big word in our culture. So being unselfish, putting somebody before yourself. No, definitely. I, I love that. And, and that's something that, you know, we could all use a perspective like a charge every now and then because I complain sometimes and then Mason's like, well, uh, what are you complaining about? Truly, like because 99 percent of the world would love to be in our position. And I, you know, I've had a bad day at school or I've had a bad day at work. And it's like, you know, what, 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 what does that compare to? Like what compared to what? You Absolutely. Know? And so I, I truly like that a lot. And, and I may be stealing some of that from you, but you also wanted to talk about the three C's. Yes, sir. Hit us with the three C's. Um, just culture. Well, we kind of touch base on okay, our so culture. So that's the first C. That's our first C. Okay. It's our culture. We're trying to build a championship culture and I feel like wins and losses will take care of itself after we take care of what we need to take care of. And our culture is family Mm -hmm. and treating each other with respect. Uh, You know, like I had a visit with mine. I got six shortstops competing for a starting position right Mm -hmm. now. And we need to communicate better. The shortstop's the guy on the field that gets the ball more than anybody else besides the pitcher and the catcher. Mm-hmm. And if he's not communicating and being positive with the guys around him and directing people in a positive manner, he could be an energy vampire and, and, and suck the energy out of our team. So that's kind of, you know, our culture is we're going to treat each other with respect. This program's bigger than me and my coaches. We're, we're all in this together. So mm-hmm. we use the word our program. It's not my program. It's not their, pro- it's our program. So we, we work hard on our culture. Oh, definitely. Second C. Um, communication, man. That's, that's a big one. Just, just think about practice. Think about yesterday's practice. If you guys are doing double cuts, um, when the outfielder picks up the ball, who do they throw it to? They throw it to the guy with their hands up. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're taught to do. Um, just think about, you know, a runner on first base. An infielder covers his face, the middle infield, you know, open mouth, closed mouth. Mm-hmm. If we don't communicate at a high level, number one, you're going to screw up and you're not going to be in the right positions. But whenever you do communicate well, think about when guys have energy, they're talking and, you know, your discipline 
this is the only game in the world where the defense has the ball. So if you communicate well on defense and you put yourself in a position to be disciplined, mm-hmm. you're going to give yourself a chance to win a lot of games. Right. And that's something that takes zero athletic ability. Absolutely. It's just it's just a commitment to your teammates that you want to be unselfish and you're not going to sit over there and feel sorry for yourself. You're going to put your teammates before yourself and say, hey, I'm going to help this guy out. I'm going to have energy, zero talent, putting your hands up, communicating, um, just like a catcher, dropping his glove, mm-hmm. drop the glove. We're going to pick. Well, if we're locked in, everybody sees that we're picking open glove. We're flashing at shortstop. Sure. That's nonverbal communication. And if you do that well, you're going to be a good team. Well, even uh, the guys in the dugout, do you teach them proper communication from that? Absolutely. So, our, our leadoff, that's his goal. I'm just using this example, sure. but our leadoff, his goal is to see six to ten pitches the first at bat. Mm-hmm. Unless he gets a first pitch fastball, he's going to hammer. Sure. So, we're going to try to see six to ten pitches, but when he comes in, it's his responsibility to say, hey, he's got an arm side fastball that runs in on my hands. He's got a plus change up or, you know, his out pitch was a slider, man. It breaks late. So if he communicates well with his teammates, instead of feeling sorry that he struck out or he grounded out and he has a positive influence, well, guess what? My three hole knows that he has a plus change up mm-hmm. and he knows that that's his out pitch. We're going to stay back and we're going to be ready for that pitch. We're not going to get beat twice. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. Third C. Third C was community, man. Um, just giving back to your community. Uh, I remember whenever I was coming up uh, as a young assistant, whenever I was at Tuttle, we had a big ice storm and uh, lots of tree limbs and broke and fell in the road. And our community, like the coaches ran the chainsaw for cutting these trees up in the smaller pieces and our kids and our players, we put them up and put them on the trailers and you know, we're just giving back to the community. We didn't practice those days. We didn't do anything. We were just giving back to to show people, like, live your life unselfishly. I mean, help people that need your help. And, like, giving back to our special needs kids right now. We have a Miracle League Baseball League in Edmond, and it's a big thing. And uh, those kids absolutely loved when we came out and supported and watched yeah, them. Yeah, definitely. So. And they probably came to see you guys. They do. They do. You know, we're, we're partners with them, and we want to get more involved. Like our kids go and read to the elementary kids. They think that our high school kids walk on water. Yeah. It's a big deal to see our kids when they come over. So I think that, you know, we got a role in our community. We got to live, live our lives, number one, unselfishly, but we also got to walk in a Christian way and do things right because we're in a big spotlight and we're role models to little people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Luke, I appreciate your time and. Man, it's it's always a pleasure getting to catch up with you. And so, is is there anything else that you want to share or tell your tell our listeners before you go? Uh, go follow Inky Johnson, man. He's a super super inspirational guy, and uh, just hear his message. I mean, he was a D one football player fixing to go uh, to the NFL, and God had different plans for him. He got hurt on a tackle, and uh, it doesn't have use in his left arm anymore. And now he's just walking in God's light and he's he's spreading the word and the message and he's he's an inspirational guy and uh, I just want to give a shout out to my wife and kid. I, I'm a new dad and I know you are as well. Yeah, team no sleep. That's right, man. No sleep. Kids teething right now. So Yeah, definitely. I, I think they're like uh, two weeks apart. It's crazy. And then Coach Draper is a week in between there. We're so going to have a heck of a baseball team. We're going to have a mad baseball t-ball team, team baby. <laughs> That's right. Alright, well Luke, thanks for being here. Hey on. man, thank you. And finally, 
Here's Ryan Phillips on controlling the baseball and empowering assistant coaches. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, uh, we've been sitting here chatting for about 30 minutes and then I figured, well, we may as well hit record and, right. and uh, turn it into a podcast, but uh, Southwest Oklahoma boys. That's right. It's pretty cool. That's right. I know. You're from, you're, you're from Altus. Yeah, it's Air Force, but. Gotcha. You know, so I went from Edmond to Altus. So it's kind of a culture shock, but <laughs> actually I ended up liking Altus more because of the small town feel. I gotcha. And Altus is uh, kind of like Hobart where I grew mm-hmm. up. It's not exactly the most baseball, the baseball okay. uh, capital of the world. Right. And so we we go a little bit way back because we both played for the same summer team uh, organization, I guess, not on the same team. Right. But I got to hear stories about you, right. which was pretty cool. <laughs> but let's go ahead and let's talk about your program a little bit. And we uh, we mentioned earlier that, that you're really big on communication, and that's something that you really want to make sure that, that the kids are communicated with, your assistant coaches mm-hmm. are communicated with. So just... For me, if I'm wanting to get better at that, how have you gotten better at that, or how do you how do you do that on a daily basis? Well, at Edmond Santa Fe, kind of like we were talking about before, um, you know, we just <laughs> something we do every day is journal, okay? okay? And, and it's something that's hard to get 50 kids to do, mm-hmm. but like you said, at Altus, I didn't have that. I didn't know what that was about communication and how to do it. And every book we we read, mm-hmm. successful people are always talking about how they journal and mm-hmm. how it's a part of their day and it's a daily routine. It's not something that's easy. It becomes a skill. And so since their freshman year, we try to journal. And so we kind of talk about it before practice starts, you know, it's whether it's a question or a quote or, you know, hey, you know the practice plan. Let's let's go over it, talk about it, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the practice, write about it. Did you find something good? Did you find something bad? Mm-hmm. Um, did a coach give you a critique that you you know you need to remember uh, for the next time we go over it? And so, really, that starting off with the journaling is how we communicate. Yeah. And and to get a fifteen year old to kind of talk about it verbally is hard. Sometimes uh, they're better at writing. So communication at Santa Fe is huge every day. Definitely. And you said that, that your pitchers and catchers, they are like basically together all day long. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. When we're, when we're playing, when we're going game day, we're lucky enough to have a weight class second hour. Okay. So that's the beginning of the day. Okay. And so our goal in our, my pitching coach, Caleb Teal, he was a catcher. Okay. And I was a pitcher, so we loved it. Like right. that's, that's a good relationship for me and him because that's a different aspect mm-hmm. of pitching. And so that's one thing we talked about is just hey, the communication between a pitcher and catcher, the best catchers I've had. Will tell me straight up, you know how it's done, but they also got my back. And sure. So we're trying to grow those relationships. Oh, I love that, and and so um, you also. So we, I, I didn't know this beforehand, okay. but we're both big fans of the Craig Rochelle Leadership yes. Podcast. So make yeah. sure our listeners go listen to that. <laughs> but you sent in a question asking him about. Can you can you go into a little bit of depth because he, he answered it on the show, and it's right. an awesome question. Well, first off, I I woke my wife up at eleven thirty. When I, because you know he does it every month, uh-huh. the first Thursday. So the next month after I emailed him or the Life Church, they they answered it, and I woke her up. I was just listening to it on my headphone. Uh-huh. I woke her up. I was excited because you know he doesn't say their name or he keeps sure. it pretty confidential. But I knew it was my question, and so I was super excited about that. But yeah. the question was actually, as a head coach, who am I leading first, uh, my assistant coaches or the players? Mm-hmm. And his response was beautiful to me because and it, and it led me in the right direction it was you need to coach your assistant coaches first he said if i was sitting across from you i would build my coaches mm-hmm. and then that only helps them become better coaches but it also it, it lets me frees me up to do things i'm good at 
Right. You know, I'm, I'm a pitcher. I'm not a great hitter. Right. I got a good hitting coach in RC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it lets me free him up and, or frees me up and lets him go to work. Right. So now he's becoming a, he's having to speak. He's having to, he's having to communicate. Mm-hmm. And uh, now he's a really good hitting coach. Right. And, and I feel comfortable with him there. Um, we kind of talk, you know, we had an hour and 40 minute drive. Mm-hmm. That's all we talked about. It's like sure. stuff that he's doing. And so not only does it give me confidence, but it gives him confidence. And then the kids respond to all of us, not sure. just me as the head coach. They see him as, Hey, this is a guy that's in charge of hitting mm-hmm. and he's hitting really good coach. at it. Yeah, really. I mean, the offensive side of it, even though I'll be at third base, he's in their ear. Uh-huh. You know, something in, that's just something we emphasize, just communication, even during catch. Sure. You know? Sure. And, uh, and I love how you're controlling the baseball, and, and we'll hit on that in just a second. But I also want to know, so you, you heard that from Pastor Craig. I heard that, too. I, you, you mentioned that. It's like two years ago, and right. I remember that question. Right. They're like, hey, I may know that It's guy. like a second podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. And so what did, you, what did you start doing after you heard that that may have been different than what you were already doing? I think, really, you know, we're at this clinic that – that Oklahoma coaches get to go to. And then, you know, we had the national clinic the week before. It's really that time in the car. Yeah, it's, that's that, good. It's not, True. you know, we've read books. We both read the same. It's being mind filled of and being conscious of what we're trying to do. And mm-hmm. and really, we try to do that to the kids because if you don't have an approach and you just go in there and hit, yeah. you know, you're not really, I mean, okay, yeah, you're getting a hit, but I'd rather you have five swings and have an approach and be mind filled. And so that's kind of what we do as coaches when we're driving, just, all right, let's, you know, we joke. We're not just always business, but mm-hmm. like when you got a chance to talk about baseball with people that love baseball, mm-hmm. like what we're doing, right. what you do, um, let's just do it. You right. know, let's, let's talk about, it. let's be productive with our communication. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of how I changed from his answer. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's time I have alone with them, you know, because we all have families. And so mm-hmm. we don't want to really stay after practice that long. So sure. these opportunities like this, yeah. um, a phone call or a text message or any kind of communication. That's, that's kind of what I've um, refocused my mind to help lead my assistant coach. No, I, I truly love that answer. And, you know, being an assistant coach, hearing you say that warms my heart a little bit because mm-hmm. I love having some responsibility. Oh yeah. And, and I've worked for some head coaches in the past that have basically taken over everything. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, that, that hurts my growth a little right. bit because it's not giving me ownership of one area. And, and you have to earn that, yeah, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. over time. But also, it's just um, being able to come to these and then chat about, hey, what can we steal from those guys? Because right. if I'm doing it by myself, I'm like, man, I, there's so, I have so much information that I've got in my head. But now, Coach Phillips, how, how can we implement some of this stuff? And, mm-hmm. and that's been my favorite part because right. we went to the ABC A last week and mm-hmm. four hours in the car. Man, I was picking Coach air the whole time. Right. Right. And, we, you know, RC, our hitting coach, like, I'll have a kid come ask me a question. And I know what we're doing, but I'm like, man, that's RC's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's his job. Like, that's, awesome. that, that's what he wants. And he has tons of passion for it. And, um, you know, he was a good hitter. He, he, he knows what he's doing. He had to work for it. Mm-hmm. Um, much like you, like, you, you just learn the game and you, and you can teach it well. RC does that really well, too. And better than I could, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I think it is because since I got at Santa Fe six years ago, he came with me from Southmore. Um, and I kind of just gave him the reins, yeah. you know, and, and, awesome. and I, and he's ran with it and he's, he's done a lot more than I ever expected him to do. Sure. Sure. No, I, I love that. And so you've got, you've got 50 guys, you said mm-hmm. three teams, three teams, three teams. 
And so how I, I want to know, selfishly, because we're a 6A school too, right. how are you kind of breaking it up? Are you with varsity the whole time? Since you said you, you're a pitching guy right. and you're a head coach. Right. Really tough to do. Yeah. But how are you guys breaking it up? Is there three teams? They practice three separate teams? Or how does, how well, does like right work? now, in the fall, you know, we have the hour restriction. Okay. And so, and we talked about this a little bit. I try to keep everything real simple. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and by keeping it simple, it's like, okay, we got an hour a day. I'm going to give, and this goes with trusting my assistant coaches, I'm going to give these guys to RC or Coach Tia. Cool. Or Coach Tony or Huddleston, mm-hmm. whoever it is. You got these guys. You're going to work on this for the hour. You know, I'm, I'm going to take these freshmen and we're going to go over PFPs. Yeah. And then the next day, okay, I'm going to take these varsity guys. We're going to go over PFPs or we're going to do both, you know, bullpens or whatever. Sports. Absolutely. Cool. And so me trusting my assistant coaches allows me in that hour since you can't just i can't see everybody we really focus um on certain things that i want to like i want to see my freshman team um be aware of the game and, and understand what what their role is mm-hmm. and so like we'll, we'll teach that you know and we'll go after that in practice okay i want you guys to know that you're supposed to be getting on and off the field like mm-hmm. you know because you've seen freshman teams that come in that your place the head coach isn't there right and you know that's not how their coach mm-hmm. taught them because you know the coach. Right. And so I instill that stuff. So my time with them a lot gives me comfort. And, and then also I get to teach them, you sure. know, and so we all have the same philosophy. Right. And that's, so we, so we started a circuit at the beginning of practice now yeah. because we have three teams. Right. So we have 10 minutes with one coach, then they switch to 10 minutes with another coach that's and awesome. then 10 minutes with a, so all of us get our hands on yeah. everyone. Right. And coach Newkirk is like, I, I want to be able to help the freshmen and I want them and so, and for me, I, I want them to be able to hear it from him too. Right. So it's not just me telling them, yeah. it's you telling them, it's you telling them, it's you telling them. And together, Reinforce. they're hearing it from right. every angle, not right. just, hey, this is what Coach Gilner said. This is, no, this is what Coach Newkirk said. Yeah. The guy yeah. who makes up the lineup. <laughs> right, right. But this is also what everybody else is preaching too. And, and so cool. I've loved that uh, about something that we've added lately. But you talked about controlling the baseball earlier. Yeah. We, you know, and, and this goes back to working with freshmen. You know, we got that hour. And so, um, Reps are limited bullpen wise. You know, mm-hmm. we're not trying to stay there till five. We can't. We got right. no restriction. So, sure. if you came to our practice um, right after stretch or after we did our bands, we stretched and we're, and we're getting our lines. One, I assign their throwing partner. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes it'll be a senior shortstop with our freshman shortstop. But I try to make it to where it's a guy that can play catch. You know, yeah. and and, sure. and handle velocity or whatever. But you'll hear some coach say value the baseball mm-hmm. you, now. That we've done it, you'll hear the kids yelling. Awesome. You know, if somebody overthrows it or whatever, it's like value the baseball, and in a way they can take pride in it is uh, we give them a brand new baseball, mm-hmm. and and that's there. So like in August, September, August, yeah. Okay. And now at this point, we've given them two or three. Okay. You know, because the glove wears it down itself. But mm-hmm. if you're not playing good catch and you're not valuing the baseball, <laughs> your, awesome. your your baseball gets nasty. Uh, you know, and you, you know how those are. We all have them in our buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones you hit fungo with or whatever. Sure. And so if that's what, you know, when you're in Little League, you always look for the best baseball to play mm-hmm. catch with and you want to be the first person. Well, now you got your own and it depends on how good you play catch. And so mm-hmm. it reinforces playing catch. It gives them a little more focus um, and pride, you know, pride. And hey, look, my baseball is much better than yours. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's a, a lot that's, cleaner. That's fantastic. And so what happens if they, if they lose the baseball? Then we know. <laughs> I mean, because they don't have one to play catch with. They That's can't. Right. We don't just have buckets out there uh, for catch. Yeah, um, it's their baseball, and we don't really have. I mean, to be honest, nobody has yet. 
Oh, or really? if they have, they went and bought their own new yeah, baseball. <laughs> so I'm sure there's ways around it. But um, initially, they take pride in it. It's a competition. You know, it's just another way to compete um, in that hour that we have. Absolutely. And so being a head coach that's also a pitching guy, right. uh, that's, that's got to be hard. Yeah. Like, that's got to be hard. And so you're you're thinking about the entire program. And, and I don't want to say pitchers are kind of their own entity, mm-hmm. but they're not involved with team practice a lot. Mm-hmm. I put team in quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so how have you been able to still do that and still run your program? And I mean, that's just a, that's a really tough balance. Yeah, it's it's almost impossible without a without a good assistant coach. Okay, okay so Coach Teal is our pitching coach. Okay. And and like I said, he's a catcher. Mm-hmm. So he's got that mentality as a catcher. Like, all right, this is what I, this is how I see. He's not going to do mechanics as, as much as he will do mentality. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about him because. He'll be like, no, man, that's, like, you need to be confident. You need to have trust in it. You need to, you know, because that's what he tells his pitchers when he caught in college and stuff. Yeah. And so then when we're doing bullpens, if we're doing them after practice, um, that's when I can come in and kind of help uh, cool. with the mechanic part. So he's teaching us a certain way of pitching, mm-hmm. which is great for all of them. And then I come in and do a different type of, of coaching. And, and we, don't, we really, I'm not, we're not cookie cutting anybody. But, you know, if, as long as they're not doing anything harmful. Like it, or I believe it can be harmful, um, and they're throwing strikes, and they can do it, with, you know, with more times than not. Mm-hmm. And I kind of let them learn as they go, you know. Cool. Just with our throwing program, when you do the Jaeger band or the Jaeger throwing program, he says you can throw from all angles, mm-hmm. you know, because eventually it's going to sync up, and you're going to be able to feel that. Right. So I kind of treat that the same as pitching. Like once you feel it, then you're going to try to repeat it, and, and that's kind of how we grow them from freshman up. Oh, fantastic! So. You being a former lefty, mm-hmm. did you have a good pick move? No, no, <laughs> it's one of the. Other. I, I was I was quick to the plate. <laughs> okay, I gave my catcher a chance. The, I just couldn't. I couldn't. There's. I. I don't know. There's read guys, I guess, mm-hmm. but um, not me. I was, sure. So I said, since I can't do this and throw a strike, yeah. I'm just going to be quicker here, throw a strike. Well, at least you are aware. Yes. Like I, I the big leg kick lefty guy that yeah. can't ha- that can't pick wears me out because yeah. I'm like you're like a seven to the plate. He's yeah. standing up at second by the time. Right. Right. But, and, and then it's just too easy to to mess with them. Mm-hmm. Like anytime a guy's flinching, if I'm thinking about him picking and stuff, I couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, and when you're facing people that can run and mm-hmm. and, and just mess with you, and they're good base runners, right. Yeah, and then you're just going to pipe one down the middle, right? And he's going to be running even even further, yeah, jogging around the bases. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and so can you teach a good lefty? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I got, sure. I don't brag on myself, but um, I teach one or the other, really. Yeah. With these high school guys, I'm that's like, uh, let's be quick to the plate. Let's mix up our timing. Let's mix up our looks. Let's, let's do a bad pick over there once in a while. And so it's more of handling it. Okay. okay, yeah, we, we'll let you know what type of runner he is. And then you just kind of get a feel for it. Mm-hmm. Don't just forget about him if you don't have a good move. Because yeah. as a coach at third, if a guy never picks, I'm going to be way more confident to call steal oh, yeah. than if a, a lefty who has a bad pick, but he picks. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's really how I teach it. I don't, I don't necessarily know exactly the greatest way to do it. Yeah. Now, you know the red flags. Don't, don't throw up your hand, you know, if you don't do it or whatever. You know, <laughs> if they're looking at first, they're yeah, going, yeah, yeah. Do don't, don't, let's just be consistent with our eyes. Sure. Pick, but ultimately get the guy at the play. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, Coach Phillips, I, I really appreciate your time, and, and I loved having this conversation. Again, two South of Oklahoma That's boys, right, man, man, holding it down. But, we got to uh, stick together. Definitely. Well, is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners before you no, go? No, I'm just thankful to be here. I, I think – any Oklahoma coach uh, 
that has the opportunity to come here, especially a week after that. Mm-hmm. Like like Gilman, Coach Gilman, he went in more depth than he got to in the National Convention. Yeah. And so we're getting a little bit more. And you, the more you hear it, the better it is. Right. And you get to share ideas with people that you're competing against. Yeah. Maybe still a couple. That's right. right. Well, I like being on the east side because there's a lot more <laughs> east side coaches. Yeah. You know, because last year when Stillwater was more west side, uh-huh. I kind of like seeing new faces. and cool. I, I feel like I can communicate more without them beat my brains in in the spring. (laughs) Well, Coach, I appreciate your time. Thank you for being on. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ahead of the Curve. Before you go, I'd love to be able to get in touch with you, and we have several different ways of doing so. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at AOTC underscore podcast. You can join the AOTC Coaches Facebook group. And if you want to be a part of the mini clinic emails, both of those links are listed below. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a rating or review to help others find and stay ahead of the curve.